This is Joseph Gervaisi. I'm here with Nathan Gray on December 1st, 2015. We are recording this interview in my home on a rainy day. Uh, home is located in the Roxborough neighborhood of Philadelphia, and this is part of Loud Fast Philly. And uh, I now know how to pronounce your last name. Gervaisi. Wonderful. <laughs> <Yeah>. Perfect. <laughs> uh, Nathan, thank you for coming out today. Thank you for having me. Uh, I guess we'll begin, as, as we often do, with young Nathan. Uh, mm -hmm. Where did you grow up and when were you born? Uh, let's see. I was born in 1972, uh, June 15th, in a hospital that is no longer in existence called mm -hmm. William, Wilmington? Wilmington General uh, in Delaware. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of people were born there. It's since been demolished. Mm -hmm. um, I, I try not to take it personally, but you know, hey, probably not your fault. Probably not. I'm, I'm yeah. guessing. I'm guessing they weren't like, oh fuck this. It wasn't right? June 16th of 1972. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, we, we got to get rid of this. Yeah. We can't have any more of this guy. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I was born in Delaware and uh, lived in Delaware till I was about 11. And was that in Wilmington or? It was in Newark, that? Delaware, which isn't that far away. Uh, Delaware, for the most part, it's a very small state, as most people know. But the uh, northern part, um, you have sort of the quote-unquote city. Mm -hmm. Being from Philly, it's not a city, right. but it's a city right. yeah. <laughs> for us. And um, um, it's uh, you have Wilmington, and then you have Newark, which is like a college town. Mm -hmm. Everything below that is pretty much chickens, farmland, and beach. Uh -huh. Right. That's Delaware. Right. You know what I mean? So... Um, but uh, so most of my time, uh, I guess, well, I won't say most of my time because till I was 11, I lived in Newark, Delaware, mm -hmm. right in the midst of the, I guess, the beginning of it going from sort of a blue collar area to the college taking over, as mm -hmm. most do. Um, and now, now it's just a college town. All the houses that used to have families and stuff are now for students and things like that. Mm -hmm. They're overpriced and, right. meh, 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 you know, yeah. <laughs> whine and bitch about that all I mm -hmm. want and it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, lived there till I was 11 and then my dad, um, and my mom decided to go to, um, school in, um, th theology school. My dad's a pastor. He's now he's a Presbyterian minister. He's played in and out of a couple of different denominations, but that's where he's he's resting. Is is there a fluidity that, mm -hmm. that I mean, house a fluidity of moving between, say, Presbyterian and whatever mm -hmm. else he would have gone into? I mean, I would think right. that one kind of locks into one, but I don't really know it's, precisely it's, how it. It's strange because I, I guess when when he got started in this, we we went down to Florida. We we're part of a uh, church called Liberty. Uh, which was a very, um, it's called a charismatic church. It's, mm -hmm. it's a little different than Pentecostal, but not by much. Um, no snakes. No, no snakes. Right. It's, it's, it's a more modern Pentecostal, I believe, is how I put it, because it's got all the speaking in tongues falling on the floor acting like a uh, lunatic, okay. but, uh. but in a more, um, it's what most of your, um, what you'd call those mega churches are. Mm -hmm. they, they've got all that stuff, but it's more modern and a lot of money thrown into it and a lot of bullshit. Kind of point out uh, that you're wearing a pentagram as you explain mm, yeah, these Christian mm, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. Well, this will all play into our story today. Right. Um, so, uh, funny enough, there is a story leading to this. Um, so, my... Um, my parents became part of this church and, and the fluidity, as you're saying. Um, I guess it was just what he felt 
was the best way to go. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I fully understand what brought him from that more charismatic because he was a deacon and a assistant pastor and things like that in this other sort of denomination for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, now with this denomination, it's very open. So I guess you could, it's not like going from Methodist to Presbyterian. It's no. not like going from Baptist to Catholic. You know what I mean? Okay. It's this very open endy sort of hippie vibe, you know what I mean? For it. Like, so I guess it's not that difficult to go, oh, I want a little bit more structure. You know, I want a little bit more of the ritual and the, and, and being a more conservative fellow, he, uh, he seemed to fit in a little bit better with that. Although of the denominations, Presbyterian seems to be a lot more, have a lot more room for the more liberal side. Um, and there's a lot of weird infighting with that, but anyway, yeah. I'll go off on a rabbit trail. <laughs> so, um, so I'm not really sure if there was anything that made it easier or harder to switch over to that, mm-hmm. but it just seemed to be where he fit best. Right. Um, and it all started when they lived in Port Deposit, Maryland, and he got involved with the Presbyterian Church and went from there. Then he ended up going to Princeton, um, got a degree in. God. God stuff. God stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, moved on from there. Yeah. Um, as, a, as a job? Yes. Okay. He's yeah. now, he is now, his job is being a minister of a Presbyterian church in Newark, Delaware. Do those jobs, does so it that. pay well? Is it a decent... I, the pay is pretty good. The pension plan is amazing. Uh-huh. Um, and then the uh, post-life plan is yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> eternal bliss. You win. It's yeah, a win-win yeah, situation. Yeah. The pension plan actually surprised me. Out of any business, you can't go, no matter what job you have, if you have a pension plan, you can't go and go, show me my money. Mm-hmm. They can't. Right. Presbyterian, they could go unlock a safe and show you exactly oh, it's, the money it's, you're it's accruing. It's on-premises? It's, I mean, it's not... They haven't. Oh, they, they could show you and, and yeah. possibly digitally, but they can yeah, show yeah, you, yeah. you know, here's where it's at. We're not playing with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's nice. Um, so he has job security and all that. And, you know, a direct line to whatever thing he believes there to be there. Right. Um, so I grew up in a church environment all my life. Um, now, my parents and I have always had a brilliant relationship. And that's been part of our family, uh, especially on my mom's side of the family. Uh, my grandfather, um, who was always sort of the example and patriarch of the family, um, a very conservative man, but a very open, friendly person. Mm-hmm. Like it, I think it always confused people. It confused me. <laughs> you know? Like being in a family, it's like, so you believe this, this, and this, but you're really fucking nice to everybody. And just, it, it seems to, to be quite rare, especially now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One has this belief mm-hmm. they're so fossilized that they can't communicate with anybody right. else. It was very. It, it it's part of that old guard that actually listens when people are talking. Mm-hmm. Very strange, and it puts you off guard sometimes mm-hmm. when you're talking. It's like, wait, you're listening. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know I mean? yeah, that's a rarity. It's, yeah, it's very bizarre, but um, uh. My dad, coming from a family, well, his dad uh, was an alcoholic. You know, there was, I love my uncles and, well, my grandfather's dead, my grandmother's dead on that side. But um, but it, it was a very different environment than my mom. 
and and her dad, who who then sort of became my dad's dad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, point being is that I grew up in a very open environment where um, it was a very Christian conservative environment, but at the same time, I was very allowed, I guess, to have my own viewpoints, my own thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad's um, take on it was always, well, yeah, you can think whatever you want, but you better be able to debate it. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to argue it, debate it, which made me, I, I am so appreciative of that, that I had a father that would sit there and listen to me probably the whole time going, oh my God. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, he forced me to look up references. He made me know what I believed in. And if it didn't agree with him, he would debate me, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, it was wonderful growing up that way. Um but uh, the now on the opposite side, the churches that we belonged to were not so friendly right. <laughs> and not so kind. And uh, my experience growing up was a very fearful one. Um, fearful of this unknown thing out there that was going to judge me or reward me if I did something right, but then immediately step on me if I screwed up and went this way, you know? Yeah. Um, so... And it, that definitely, like, I, I think that my family was the only saving grace to that, was that it kept me from really losing my mind at times mm-hmm. uh, with the churches that we were jumping in and out of. Um, Did you go through a process, like Catholics go through, you know, there's a, there's a baptism, there's a Holy Communion, and then mm-hmm. there's a confirmation. Is there a similar mm-hmm. process that one goes through? No, it's mostly just like you get saved, you know, you go up, you pray in front of a bunch of people and pretend to know what that babbling thing is and uh-huh. you know try to prove that you're spiritual of some sort when you know you're just making it up right. um and so the process was um you're basically just told what shit you are <laughs> uh-huh, right. and i think that's mostly with any religion because if you don't believe your shit then you only need yourself right so got to be careful of that you know <laughs> got to be careful to never you know, be happy with life, but never think you're good. You know, always think you're sinful at least, you know. Yeah, if you're being watched at all times, then surely all of your flaws are very visible to somebody. Somebody. <laughs> yeah. Don't you? <laughs> He's watching. Mm. And death yeah. is a lot longer than life. So Absolutely. What you, what yeah. you face ex, ex post facto right. is far worse <laughs> than what, whatever stupid pleasures you're getting up to now. Absolutely, without a doubt. <laughs> and that's And that's what I believed, you know. Um, And it took me a very long time, you know, just to sort of go on this tirade of sorts and then we can pull back if needed. Um, I I went from probably well into my, well into Boy Sets Fire and whatever, um, I was still, although leaning much more liberal into my doctrine, uh, considering myself a Christian, well into early 30s um, because of the fear that had been established in me. Um, And I found that as my doctrine continued to get more, quote-unquote, liberal and more liberal, I started to find less and less that I I actually believed in the book I said I believed in. Mm -hmm. Um, And I find that's important for a lot of people who haven't quite figured that out. Most of the people I know that have a more liberal ideology are not actually following the book that they say they're following. Uh, I find that a lot more of the conservative people 
are probably a bit more honest mm -hmm. with what they're believing, you know? Because um, you can actually open the book and go, oh, right there, yeah. Whereas with the other stuff, it's like, well... Yeah, it says that, but, but like in the 13th century, there was a different understanding of yeah. the Greek in the book. Shut yeah, up. Yeah. It was a point. Shut up. Yeah, just, um, so anyway, uh, it's just grasping at straws, I believe, at that mm -hmm. point. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, uh, then I started actually finding um, atheist writers who had come out of the same situation I had come out of. Anyone in particular that you um, were drawn to? I wish that I could remember the guy's name right now. Um, it's not Dan Brown, because that's not even a... Um, that's, yeah, Dan Brown wrote that stupid. He wrote that, code. yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. The, 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 so, and that's, for some reason, the only name coming to my head But right this was now. someone who came from a yes. religious background. Mm -hmm. Yeah, came from a religious background. He was actually a, a uh, minister, a Baptist minister, I want to say, and became... It's only one book, and it's what got me started. And I wish I could remember his name because he's not like one of the big names. You know what yeah. I mean? It's not a Richard Dawkins, or right? Right, Harris exactly. Or, uh, right, right, or Christopher Hitchens, Hitchens anything yeah, yeah. like that. But that's what it led to. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, mostly to Hitchens, mostly because I think that a lot of people, once you come out of this background and you end up in a more atheistic, agnostic-minded thing, you have a lot of anger. Mm -hmm. at what you've been told and what you've been uh, sold on. And Hitchens looks real good at that point. Yeah. Because he's got a lot H of that Hitchens fuck is a, you. He's you know? got fuck you and he's a party. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's exactly. Drunk, he's having a good right, time. Exactly. Yeah, he's, he's not worried about so, the baggage. Right. So out of all of the, you know, atheistic writers, um, someone who's hurt looks at that and like, I'm going with that guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it, it's, unfortunately... It's part of the issue with a lot of um, atheists online. They have too much access at the wrong point in their life. You know what you I mean? You think, what, too early in life? Yeah, yeah. They get in, they're a new, quote-unquote, atheist, and they immediately start attacking people mm -hmm. because they're angry and they're yeah. hurt. Yeah. And, and they see Hitchens, and it's like, dude, you're not Hitchens. <laughs> you can't do it. And these people weren't asking for it. If you, if you watch... Hitchens was involved in important debates. It's punching up. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, and he just, also has a wit. Right, right. And you're just going on and scattershotting at people yeah. that weren't even asking for your goddamn opinion. You yeah. know what I mean? So I went through that little point, you know, also, as I think most people do. Um, and then you grow the fuck up, mm -hmm. you know? And I started asking myself, okay, I have been for most of my life now defining myself by what I'm not. Um, not only with Christianity, well, I'm not a sinner, I'm not this. Um, and then when I became an atheist in my big brain all of a sudden, because all of a sudden you're a scholar when you become an atheist, um, was, was, well, I'm not stupid. You know, I've seen the truth now, you know, so I have to proselytize, proselytize and all that. Um, and then, so I was like, well, you know, I've been doing this for a while, um, what am I? Who am I? You know, at this point. Uh, and this was in my 30s, you know what I mean? And I started looking into humanism, at which, to be honest, most forms of humanism seem like 
Christian apologetics. You know, it seemed like atheists trying to go, look, we're good too. Yeah, yeah. We can be good guys without God. There seems to be a lot of love of humans, which uh, may be a bit problematic for you as well, because yes. it's really hard sometimes to love humans, so to put them on a pedestal yes. in place of uh, mm-hmm. God. And I feel it's unnecessary. Uh, when you when you when you put uh, yeah, like you said, putting humans on a pedestal as opposed to God, um, and instead of putting yourself and those who you love and care about on a pedestal, mm-hmm. you spend way too much time with strangers and the people you surround yourself with. That that love and that compassion is wasted on ingrates, basically. <laughs> yeah, you know. So this leads to where I found, um, you know, all my life. Uh, as a young child through the satanic panic and all that kind of Mm -hmm. jive you know there was a lot of this talk of this man Anton LaVey you know and and of course I looked back at that and went wait a minute I remember during that time I was told this guy is an awful evil person and blah 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 and and I remember reading through some of the satanic bible and um and being like sense yeah crap you know and i was terrified so i sort of i threw it away i remember throwing the book away Mm -hmm. because i thought god was going to spank me if he caught me with it you know so so in in this process of my 30s looking for what i was i went back and i was like yeah i mean this makes a lot of sense it's very common sense very straightforward and it's very where i'm already at Mm -hmm. what Um, did you feel about the trappings that were involved because there's this very reasonable message that, that mm-hmm. seems to run through it. There's also this sort of goofy artifice attached to it with, Absolutely. you know, mm-hmm. the, the circus music, mm-hmm. the carnival music, yeah. and the, you know, mm-hmm. the woman on the altar, right. and all the, you know, all of that <laughs> yeah. business. Like, did, did, mm-hmm. did you find that to be rather silly, or how did, how did you take that part of it? That was, and, and I'm glad you brought that up, because it was funny when, when I first um, came back to that. Obviously, as a kid, it was rather attractive. You know, it was like, oh, this is fine with the little horns and the cape and stuff. And the, you know, uh, but when I got older, that was a little hard to take in, you know. And it, whereas the Satanic Bible sort of reading, rereading that made me realize, oh, well, that's, that's what I am. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, you know, Anton LaVey died in the 90s. And after him, uh, Peter Gilmore, who's the new, quote-unquote, high priest of the Church mm-hmm. of Satan, um, who's a much more analytical mind, much more scientific, uh, a lot less of the... I feel like the, the silliness and the ritual and the, the overblown greater magic type of stuff mm-hmm. is done with a purpose that needs to be understood. Um, and, and Peter brought a lot of that to light. It was just sort of like a, um, well, as human beings, we have this need for ritual. We have this need for certain things like this. And it's only for those who need it. Mm-hmm. You can be a Satanist and not need any of that crap. Yeah, it seems like it's mm-hmm. just one sneeze away from atheism, just pure mm-hmm. atheism, where it, yeah. it seems like there's no acknowledgement mm-hmm. of, of any form of right. deity, but yet there's a ritualized element that you're not going to find in the yeah. so-called new atheists. Sure. Gonna, you know, not have any of those well, trappings. Well, it's the, it's the atheism without the good guy badge. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because there's, there's no necessity for it. Right. There's no good, there's no evil, there's no bullshit like that. Uh, I find that evil was a term that was created to make answers easier. You know, uh, if you can look at someone like Adolf Hitler and just say, well, he's evil. 
No more questions. Done. You know what I mean? You don't have to look into the sociology, the psychology of it. You don't have to look into any of that. And to see how these things can be actually prevented as opposed to just going, well, evil exists, so it's going to happen. Yeah, because there's historical antecedents Mm -hmm. that lead up to this and and branch from it. So I think if Mm -hmm. an individual is just purely evil, it ignores all of the other so threads, much. Yeah, yeah. Which, which continue mm-hmm. probably to pulse even after the one individual absolutely from the picture mm-hmm. and and with satanism it was sort of like taking on what i had been told was so evil mm-hmm. because when you really think about it what christianity and different religions are telling you are evil is your base nature mm-hmm. is just who you are and there's nothing on bad about that there's nothing dirty there's nothing wrong about it but this is what they have called satan Mm -hmm. and and to take on the the archetype of the adversary is very empowering in that situation when you've grown up that way some people it just comes to them anyway they're like well i identify with this i i like the imagery i like the you know and and that's part of it i mean you get involved in it and it's got some badass imagery you know, well, I, mean, I know people you know. who feel the same way about Nazism, where they say, "Well, I'm not a Nazi, right. but I really like you know, the uniforms are really sharp and the yeah, flags yeah, yeah, are nice." Uh, and you know, and yeah. there's a there becomes an aesthetic that becomes hard to remove from from yeah. the, the source. You find that with people actually involved in Satanism, mm-hmm. who also find this sort of, um, I guess, aesthetic um, strength mm-hmm. in a more fascistic look. You know, yeah. which gets very confused for a lot of people. I don't I don't usually fall into that just only because I see it. I see the point. Mm-hmm. Um, but, eh, you know, there's some cool symbols, but I can make my own, you know. Uh, yeah. And when the symbols yeah. are associated with extermination of six million Jews. Yeah. There's a, there's a considerable amount of baggage, to say the least. Right. Right. That, and what mm-hmm. it says to people who mm-hmm. don't necessarily know the subtlety and nuances of your thoughts. You right. Know, right. Behind, right. behind mm-hmm. your wearing of, of said you know, image or whatever. Right. And that's the thing is if just to wear it, I feel um, y- you have to be able to explain where you're at. Because I also understand the ideology of taking back symbols that were stolen. Mm -hmm. You know, I I feel like we do it with Satanism. There there are pagan symbols and things like that, that the Christians went, oh, that's bad now. Kill you. Ours now. You know? Um, So, and even with these, and and the same thing, it seems like pagan symbolism and things like that gets fucked every time. You know, whether it's with Nazism, Christianity, whatever it happens to be. Yeah, they all take it. They come in and take it, you know. And and so there's a lot of people who really admire that symbolism um, that are like, I'd really like to be able to use that. It's sort of not fair. Yeah, you know there's probably I mean? a point when it's been peed on so much that it's yellow. For right, life, right, right. It's just, owned at that. Right. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But, um, but back to the uh, issue um, is that. You know, I I found in that, um, and sure, you know, people will look at the symbolism and the ritualistic stuff and either be it's goofy or be somewhat put off by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, is it's really unnecessary either way. Um, but, and not only that, but like Satanism, we don't proselytize. We don't beg people to join. We would actually rather you didn't. You know what I mean? Right. Because I, I feel like that it's it creates a situation where um, where you bring in people who really don't get it mm-hmm. just to convert. And why would we need to? We're an atheistic religion. Right. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you join. We're not going to save you. You're not going to say, you know, 
Go well, help yeah, yourself. Yeah, there's, there's no real. You're not going to a church that needs funds for an outreach program. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's exactly. Kind of a group it's a of it's a personal religion, individualistic religion that uh, just gives people sort of a ah, this is where I belong. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. And then from there, you move on with your life. You would consider yourself then a Satanist. Absolutely. I, I actually am an active member of the Church of Satan. Mm-hmm. So, um, and Have as your parents far as, uh, hanged themselves yet? Or not quite yet. <laughs> What's really funny is that um, I've actually had conversations with my dad where, <laughs> for being how he is, he's very cautious not to try to offend me. Mm-hmm. And, and I do the same with him. But I try to tell him, Dad, you, you literally cannot offend me. It's impossible. Like, there's nothing you can say yeah. where I would be like, hey, are you talking shit on Satan? Because he's my boy. I don't believe in the devil. I don't yeah. worship the devil. I don't I don't believe in any of it. So, it's cool. You know, I get weird about and it. I'm wondering, like, uh, where did I go wrong? I mean, because it's, mm-hmm. it's so diametrically opposed to right. what mm-hmm. you would have been brought oh, up with. It's way more. I feel that real Satanism is actually more in opposition than, say... Um, what I would call the opposite side of Christians. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where you have people who actually worship the devil. Yeah. Where, let's be honest, there was a best-selling book. The guy you're worshiping, lost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> you know? Yeah. It's probably not the best. It, it, it seems masochistic to me. Mm-hmm. Much like I feel like defining yourself by what you're not mm-hmm. is rather masochistic. So um, I chose to take on something that described me um and i could say this is what i am i'm pro something as opposed to being anti something all the Mm -hmm. goddamn time that's basically it you know and and to some people that that resonates it rings a bell some people it doesn't and high five Mm -hmm. you know awesome (laughs) do you have a feeling for what some of the cracks in the facade were early on before you read the 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 book that seemed to define you going Mm -hmm. forward what was leading you to start to question this thing that had been so much a part of your life for so long? The fear. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty much it because being someone who's very interested in um, sociology and um, uh, mass events, you know, mm-hmm. things, things and uh, mass paranoia, things like that, um, it really started eating at me that the only reason I'm buying any of this shit is because I'm scared not to. And the fear is of eternal damnation. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it was funny because once I let that go, it was such a freeing thing because I was no longer afraid of God, the devil, ghosts, aliens, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's not to say any of these things don't exist because I don't know and I don't care. You know, it was just a very freeing event for me personally to go, I don't have to believe in any of this. Mm -hmm. This stuff that has been weighing on me and honestly making my life a living hell. Mm -hmm. Fuck it. I don't need it anymore. You know, and it it gave me that empowerment, I guess, to just stand up and go, I'm good. I'm good on my own. I can take care of me. You know, like um, I could sit here and pray for that mug to get up to my mouth or I could just grab the mug and drink the damn tea, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it was, it was, um, but that was the crack was, was going, you know, reading a lot, um, and, and going, wow, I've been it, with voice that's fire and everything, you know, sort of speaking out on certain things that I'm falling into, mm-hmm. you know? Um, 
And I'm really, if I'm honest with myself, it's all fear-based. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. I'm afraid not to believe in me. I mentioned to my brother last night that I was interviewing you, and he said uh, that he thought that Boy Sets Fire was an early Christian hardcore Most band. people did. Yeah, mm-hmm. and what, so that, that was the general feeling was... Well, that, the funny thing is, is that most of the guys in Boy Sets Fire uh, at the time... We, we all came from a Christian upbringing. Um, and I would say that probably the majority of us were very Christian-leaning, mm-hmm. liberally Christian-leaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were probably the annoying people, always like, that's not what the Bible says. Bible, Jesus loves gay people. <laughs> yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, they weren't far off. Um, and I'd say that we never would have called ourselves a Christian band. Mm-hmm. by any stretch of the imagination and still at least one of the guys in the band is still probably considers himself a spiritual christian you know what i mean but even him even he would be like i would hate to call a band christian you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's just weird did you do um, all the lyric writing for the yes band? yeah and and, then- and that's why i think that a lot of people caught on because i'm very studied in the bible mm-hmm. you know what i mean so a lot of things that i'll say even if it's against it'll sound fairly like biblical, mm-hmm. you know? So a lot of people, when they, when they read these lyrics, um, it, it definitely comes off sort of spiritually, mm-hmm. you know, or, or coming from a Christian background. And that's, that's not by mistake, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Did that then put people in, in camps where there were people who were proponents of the band because of this mm-hmm. Christianity, and then those who would, because it was perceived as being mm-hmm. Christian, then be against it? Mm-hmm. Is that I, I feel like what we ran into more was being a leftist band that didn't weren't PC enough. Mm-hmm. You know, in the early 90s, whoa. I remember the early nineties. Yeah, right. Quite well, yeah, it was it was an interesting time, mm-hmm. and being a band that was very political and leftist motivated, um, it was a difficult time. But then, what were you? What were you then lacking in the in the PC department? Um, we didn't we didn't feel like all white people were evil. Mm-hmm. Um, we were very choosy about which political prisoners we supported. You know, it's mm-hmm. like. Guys, well, maybe, you know, maybe there's two sides to this. You know, we don't have to get crazy right now, you know. Or And and also, I felt like a lot of times what we would normally get is um, we were not either um, outspoken enough about race issues or I don't want to say uh, feminist issues because I feel like um, a lot of our early... Um, crowd were mostly women, <laughs> to tell you the truth. And I think, what, a, lot of it, think that was? a lot of it had to do with our uh, focus on those type of issues and stuff because it wasn't spoken about a lot in the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you had the people who were like, it's not enough. And, you know, it just, oh, I'm sorry. I, I don't think I'm a bad person for having a penis. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it's just not true, you know. Yeah. Uh, And there was just a lot of goofy doctrine that went along with a lot of the early more than music festivals and all that kind of stuff. There's just a lot of good. And we got caught up in it a little bit. But for the most part, I remember being called the rednecks of emo a couple of times, you know, (laughs) because because they always had the workshops. And well, I mean, 
you remember the anarchist workshop thing, fest, yeah. whatever it was here in Philly. Yeah. 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 Uh, I went to that and there, there's just a lot of times where I remember being like, okay, we're all in this together. We're going to make things happen. We're not changing shit, are we guys? We're we're just whining. The, the, the anarchists mm. tend to bicker a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, because, mm. because there's no co- cohesive structure, yeah. I think oftentimes people are afraid to assert themselves because they'll mm. be considered a whatever. Right. Mm. And thus, it's a lot of people not asserting themselves unless they're doing it kind of under the surface. Right. And then nothing mm. moves forward. Yeah. Which, it's funny because it's, it's both a nice exercise in trying to, quote-unquote, control people without them knowing it. Mm. <laughs> and at the same time... It's very limiting because you can't just go, look, guys, this is how we need to do this now. And if you don't, you're a fucking idiot. So let's just move on. Yeah, I found that co-ops often work in the same way where Mm -hmm. everyone is given an equal voice, but some voices are not equal to others. They don't have the intellectual capabilities or the understanding Mm -hmm. of the issue, and yet they're Mm -hmm. given an equal voice and an equal vote. Mm -hmm. And things just tend to stay like the sharp knife being passed through enough hands. You get the butter knife in the end. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Anarchism or co-ops is a lot of butter knives Mm -hmm. and nothing, no (laughs) sharp edges. Not no sharp edges. I like that analogy. It's wonderful. (laughs) It's it's very true. And and I think that it's most mostly due to a there's not enough self-awareness there's not enough this is what i'm good at everybody has to be good at everything it's like the fucking special olympics Mm -hmm. like i'm good at all the things no no you're not probably not probably not you're either good at this or sometimes you're really not good at anything just follow okay Mm -hmm. you know what i mean let's let's get this right skippy so um it's there is something to be said about uh a form of meritocracy you know, obviously on a large scale, blah, 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 we can get into whatever. But on a small scale and in these type of groups, there needs to be someone that's like, I'm going to be the leader here and say, this is what we need to do. If you want to follow me, we could probably make this work. Right. You know, or branch off and do your own thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Rather than constantly be picking and, and, and pulling off little little bits and pieces. Destroying and yourself. Yeah. yeah. And and mostly it has to do with people with very weak egos. Mm-hmm. I, f- I find that people who have strong egos don't need to do that. It's people who have very weak egos who are constantly, give me, give me attention, give me attention. Yeah. Oh, I need it. I need yeah. it. You know? So, um, I, I'd rather just ignore those people and yeah. move on with my life. Um, but you find it everywhere. So, and, and now that the internet's here. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned more than music festival and it reminded me that my favorite moment of being there was seeing a band perform where that when the singer was on stage and he was talking about how it had been raining and these worms rose up out of the ground after the rain, but then they all dried out in the sun and died. And he started crying about the worms. And it, it perfectly personified the, the feeling that comes from more than music was that, that yeah. bogus, that pathetic sensitivity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. total yeah. nonsense. Oh, yeah. And there are probably people in the audience who were like, oh, oh yeah, you don't get the nonsense. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's part of being young and stupid. You know, and yeah. and you got a bunch of people being young and stupid together. You know? Yeah, it was. We had a a joke for a little while, and um, there was a band called Puritan, mm-hmm. and they um, this guy got up on stage, and uh, I I can't remember what he was blathering on about, but it ended up being something about seeing homeless people and him having $30 pants or something. Mm-hmm. And so the joke just, and then they just fall on the ground screaming. So of course the joke yeah. was $30 pants. <laughs> you know, it's like, cause that's all you could get from what he was saying. Right. Of course. But he was very upset about the fact that he had bought $30 pants and that people were starving in the world. Cause apparently he could fix that 
by what falling is, on the ground and screaming. And, uh, take off your pants and give it to somebody then. I don't fucking know. What the hell's wrong with you? So we never really fit into that you know, mm-hmm. very well. How, how do you think people have felt who have, were fans of the band who now see that you've embraced Satanism mm-hmm. rather than uh, Christianity? Do you, are there people who have expressed some sense of betrayal that you've moved in this direction? I feel like I've gotten, you know, once again... Um, Yes, but that's a very small minority. I think most people who follow Boy Sets Fire or my solo material, no matter what belief system they have, they're probably pretty open-minded people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So just like, oh, all right, whatever. You know, I've gotten a little bit of it, but it's very minute. What I've gotten more shit about is um, opening my mind outside of what I would call the leftist ghetto. Mm-hmm. You know, Um and that's not to say that I've started to vote Republican and, you know, all this kind of shit. But but I might as well have. You know what I mean? When you start questioning yourself. And it's funny because I'm dealing with this now. You know, with things it's like, I could have swore that at one point punk wasn't left or right. It was just trying to find the truth. Mm-hmm. Trying to find the answers. And it was spitting on all your dogma. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter whether it was left, right, north, south, whatever the fuck you think you are. Right, because left was the hippies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So exactly, the, right. The hippies were hated as well as yeah, yeah. Uh, Reagan. Yeah, and, listen and to a Thatcher. fucking Dead Kennedys album. Jesus Christ. He made fun of Jerry Brown just as much as he made fun of Reagan. You right, know what I mean? Yeah. And and the hipsters in the, you know, gentrifying the ghetto and blah, 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 you know, mm-hmm. that it was so lefty and, you know. So, anyway, my point being is that it seems that coming out of Boy Sets Fire, everyone had a, a strong narrative for who I was, mm-hmm. except for people who really knew me, you know. Um, and and once I started speaking on issues that may seem to have leaned a little right of center for them, um, that's what I was. Mm-hmm. I was some right wing bigot, yeah. and it didn't much matter what the truth was, what the facts were. If you go this way a little bit against the the narrative, mm-hmm. you're fucked. Right. You know, and and that's comfortable for people. As we were saying earlier, with evil, these certain narratives are very comfy for people. Mm-hmm. And and if they are able to define themselves by this small little area, all is good. Yeah, there is black you know? and there is white. Yeah. And there's no need for subtlety and, and nuance Mm-mm. because that no. gets things muddied. You know. Gets things way too confusing. Right, right. It gets things way too confusing. So, um, so I found more of that than with the Christianity or religion and stuff like that. Uh, and funny enough, I've actually gotten more uh, of a lashback from atheists once getting into Satanism and things like that. And I, like I said, I'm active member of the Church of Satan, um, what what you might even call an agent, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. I've I've definitely done interviews and stuff clarifying certain positions of the the Church of Satan, things like that. Um, you have so, to sacrifice a goat to get that little well, you mar- have to. merit badge. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we we go for the bad guy badge. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And, and that's honestly I, I've had to do several in- interviews where it's like, guys we, we don't sacrifice anything. <laughs> yeah. It's actually to sacrifice in and of itself is the complete opposite of being a Satanism. You don't, uh, being a Satanist, you don't sacrifice shit. You know what I mean? You have fun. You indulge in life. So to sacrifice, and not only that, but anyone that would take the life of an animal or a person in order to get its 
quote unquote energy for your ritual, here's what you do. You get a knife or a gun, use it on yourself. Problem solved. This sounds perfectly reasonable to yeah, me. I'm sure. I, I, yeah. Finds perfectly reasonable. Yeah. I, don't, I don't see why not. If you're looking for this, this great energy and this release of life into death, kill yourself. There you go. Yeah. Go live with your and, with and your body. As safe. goofy as employing mm. a new age crystal to achieve mm. the same purpose, which probably right. they would probably sneer at. Yeah. It's a and, and non-scientific prospect. Absolutely. Completely nonsensical. And to clarify. Uh, with the Church of Satan and our position on rituals and things like that, it is a psychological and scientific endeavor. Uh, what it is, is what we call greater magic, is, and and to clarify, I don't do any of that stuff because I get it out on stage. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. People who are unable to release certain emotions, things like that, they have a ritual chamber where they go in and they do this, they basically purposefully dumb themselves down. And it's known that that is what you're doing. You're dumbing yourself down to a level to release, to release these bases. Is this like a primal scream therapy? In it, it mostly sense? is. Yeah. yeah, it pretty much is. It's something that you relate to. You relate to these these symbols, and you go in. And if you hate someone and you want them dead, in your mind you kill them. Mm-hmm. Then you leave the room and you act like a normal fucking human being. Right. You know, yeah. you leave it in there mm-hmm. because at that point. The ritual works because you let it go, mm-hmm. you know? So it's a psychological thing. It just, it's, there's nothing spiritual to it. There's, and, and honestly, although it may seem corny to some, any musician should be able to understand that. You know what I mean? When you get up on a stage, that's what you're doing. You're releasing. You're just getting all of your basic urges and needs and desires and hurts and things like that and screaming them out. Mm-hmm. And then you leave them on the stage yeah. and you go act like a normal fucking person, right. you know? Mm-hmm. So just to clarify so that it's not just like, it's not just a goofy fun thing to do. And it's only used for people who it works for. You know, if it works for you, great. If it doesn't, then fuck it. Who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, no one's going to come to your house and make sure you have a ritual chamber. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And if that happened, I, I would be out. <laughs> it was like, really, guys? All right, well, I'm done. <laughs> I guess we'll go back in time a little bit and then and then move up to what you're, you're yeah. doing now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about your, your moving away from Christianity into mm-hmm. uh, Satanism and, yeah. and atheism. Mm-hmm. Where, where did punk come into your life? I and mean, what was first, what was young, young Nathan like mm-hmm. you know, prior to introduction of punk? And then how did this wind up coming into your right. life if you are practicing Christian? Yeah, yeah. When I was, when I was young... Um, went to church a lot, stuff like that. And I'm trying to think of the exact moment because there was definitely a lot of growing up through like Michael Jackson, Prince was a huge one. I still love Prince, but, but, um, and then getting into sort of metal, things like that. And then finding, I, I remember what band got me there, but, um, Actually, getting into punk and getting interested in it, I guess, came from that whole new wave invasion. You know what I mean? Where it was like the the um, the sissified punk that came in yeah. with the little dance tunes, you know? Yeah. And you're like, okay, there's something to this. Where's this come from? You know? And then I found you just Black said sissified, so you can't play more than music, by the way. Right, right. <laughs> I am already. Yeah. <laughs> I might as well have used all kinds of derogatory <laughs> terms at that point that I won't use in front of this. <laughs> but um, so this is you were seeing on on MTV or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just like um, I can't Blondie stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then finding that these people sort of came out of a scene and going back and hearing some of the older punk stuff and going, okay, all right, I see this. But it was sort of messy, like a lot of that. It sounded like Blondie, but sloppy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, eh, I don't know. It's, it's all right. Uh, and it wasn't until I found Black Flag that I was like, oh. That is the perfect gateway drug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I fucking get it now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that was just dark angry exactly what i needed at that fucking time and did you feel dark and angry at that time oh absolutely because i i felt there was this well there was this this alter ego i was suppressing which was same reason i found satanism was that base those basic urges and that hate and that oh anger and you know just darkness that that i perceived as darkness but really wasn't, you know, it's just part of a whole person. Mm-hmm. You have that, you know, um, and Black Flag understood me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And because that's how you see it when you're that young. You're like, they get me. Oh, no, they get themselves, <laughs> you know, but they're on your same level, you know. So um, I found that and it was just downhill from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think I ever really justified it with my Christianity. It was just sort of something that happened. Uh, And I, you know, there was definitely a time period where I went from getting the, back when tapes were a thing, tapes, burning the tapes, getting the tapes, burning the tapes. Uh, There was also a time period where I couldn't get a hold of, it was almost like being a junkie with this stuff. I couldn't get a hold of it, so I'd go to the Christian uh, library at our church mm-hmm. and I'd find the tapes that were against it but would play little snippets of uh-huh, the music yeah, uh-huh. just to hear the music mm-hmm. you know so I'd just rub it on my gums a little you know so it was it was very it was much like that so did you have record stores that you could access that were in the area that had interesting selection yes but not till later like mm-hmm. it was um uh, once I got a little older and I was able to say okay I really like this music and I'm going to be involved in it then there were Mm-hmm. At the time, not really. Like, it was, I was very, um, we lived in a trailer park on the church grounds, you know? Yeah. There was nowhere to go. So, um, it, it was a prison. So, um, d- d- so there wasn't a lot of that. But, um, but then I went through all that, you know, I'd get tapes from friends and stuff like that. They'd tape it for me. Uh, and then I'd, I'd feel really bad about myself and burn them, mm-hmm. you know, and think that God was going to punish me. Because uh, honestly, in where I came up in the school, I was going to a Christian school that was owned by the church that was, uh, you know, mm-hmm. um, they had horror stories. You know, this was during the satanic panic, as, as you know, I was saying earlier, and, um, Satan was on the move, you know, and people like LeVay and others were um, sacrificing children. And there were these huge uh, made up uh, stories about people who were ritualistically ab- abused. Yeah, everybody and, was interconnected. Yeah. The mayor was engaged oh, yeah, in the yeah, whole yeah. rape thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same thing with people now in the tunnels. Illuminati and all that shit. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. Um, hmm. Underground rape tunnels and shit like that. Yeah, that, it never existed. It never fucking happened. Um now, I I do not doubt there were a couple... Well, I know that there are a couple of people who were not right in the head that killed people and said it was because of Satan. Yeah. More than likely because they were trying to get out of it. You know what I mean? And because they were fucked in the head. But I find those people to be more Christian than Satanist. You know what I mean? 
they, they bought have a very into Christian the, view of they, they have a very Christian view of Satan. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and not part of a cohesive structure. Uh, no, the, uh, right. a shadow world. Right, right, right. Just right. below the surface. No, down with the old scratch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> People love that shit. They love that. Like, oh, there's something out there. Oh, there's something crazy. There's nothing. Well, that's also you know <laughs> explains why why did 9/11 happen? Why did we not right. land on the moon? I mean, there's always the we uh, come back again to the easy answers. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. But sorry, I think I rabbit trailed a little off the point. Uh, we're we're going to make, back to but, punk. You know, yeah, 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 sorry, yeah, yeah. But um, uh, so getting into punk and all that, it was it was a, a freeing thing for I mean a lot of people, but for me, um, just hearing that and then also finding bands that weren't so angry but were pretty catchy, you know, like Screeching Weasel, you know, yeah. or All, you know, Descendants, things like that, and going, wow, there's this whole world of emotions and feelings that are just out there and saying fuck you this is where i'm at mm -hmm. you know yeah. and then and then getting back into older punk before that i started to then understand it you know what i mean um so like the germs and um uh government issue things that i had heard that was like oh it just sounds like they're garbling then I understood it I was like ah oh, this is awesome you know so um, and then I, I got into Flipper for a little while and I don't know what that was about but <laughs> that made no sense <laughs> um, but but in that and I think that a lot of people have the same story where it just sort of saved you a little you know to to have that to have that community and then also to realize that you don't need that community was sort of rad. You know what I mean? Because I think everybody goes into the, oh, I'm part of something. I'm part of something bigger than myself. And then you go, fuck, there's a lot of assholes around me. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And then you start getting a narrower perspective on that bigger part of yourself. And then you realize, oh, it's me. Mm -hmm. I'm good. You know, I can pick and choose who I want to be a part of, what I want to be a part of. And it, and it strengthens you in that way. And I think that's what, I guess, punk was meant to do, in a, in a way, was to give people a little perspective mm -hmm. um, and, and to allow people to see something that made sense and then narrow it down to what really made sense, you know, to the individual. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a process that probably some people are willing to go through and others probably don't want to be bothered with. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. You get, if you get to that core, it's, to, it's exactly. an interesting place to be. It's, it's a wonderful place. And it's, it's the same thing that I found with Satanism, that a lot of people would get involved for a community where there is no community. Mm -hmm. It's actually sort of frowned upon for everybody. Like, you don't have to get along. It's not like Christianity. No one that's involved is mandated to care about anyone else. That's a Satanist, yeah. which honestly I found very invigorating and refreshing. Mm -hmm. I'm part of something where I can be an individual and not have to go, hey, hell Satan, to every fucking moron that I don't want to hang out with. You yeah. know, we're not buddies just because we wear the same symbols. So, right. yeah. um, but uh, anyway, uh, it's, it's what was cool about punk and what still is mm -hmm. um, and what hardcore sort of destroyed for a while because um, it brought in this very fake sense of community in a lot of ways and this very strict essence mm -hmm. um, which was great for a while and then became very horrible <laughs> in a lot of ways because you saw all these offshoots of like these gangs and different things that just like 
oh, I don't want to be a part of this. I just, I'm, I'm just going to stay with the whole punk thing and I don't want to be hardcore anymore. <laughs> this sucks. I'm, I'm not hardcore enough. <laughs> Did you find a scene in Delaware or was Delaware in effect an extension of the, the scene in Philadelphia? Funny enough, we create, I'm sorry, I have to pee real quick. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, no, I can, I can pause this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, cause this- All right, we are back. Okay. Post peeing. Um, <laughs> Uh, I was asking you about the the Delaware punk scene. Was it yes. an extension of Philadelphia, or was it in you know a scene in and of itself? What had happened? We created a scene, in and this and is what, what year are we talking about? I this mean, is ninety seven. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say you um, came. When when would you say that you came into punk? I mean, roughly oh, a year. That was I mean that was probably in eighth grade. So like eighty seven, something like that. Late eighties. Yeah, all right. yeah, yeah. Later eighties. Is when I got you know, the whole Black Flag experience. I remember a friend of mine named Gordon gave me a tape, and it was done from there. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what your first show was? Uh, it was actually it was Black Flag. No, no, it was the they played. It was their last tour. Um, so this might this is it's probably early eighties, eighty four. Okay, yeah, because yeah, that was their cool. last tour, like eighty four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, this yeah, um, they did their last tour. Uh, they played a Lions Club in Pensacola, Florida. And um, scared me off of punk for a little while. <laughs> Are you living in? How did you I was live? living in Pensacola, Florida, oh, okay, for a yeah. little while. Yeah. After I grew up till I was eleven in Delaware, then we moved down. That's where that Liberty Church was in Pensacola, okay. Florida. Mm-hmm. Lived there until I was about nineteen. So um, when we moved down there, and I, I kind of swore it was seventh or eighth grade, um, but it was definitely eighty four because I'm pretty sure that was their last tour was that year. Um, but um, I remember going. And being absolutely terrified of what I saw, you know, just like bottles breaking and Henry Rollins and the big Manson beard and shit, yeah, and little shorts and just, yeah. oh, scared the shit out. And what's really funny about that, as I was saying before with the dark and angry and the more happy, it wasn't until later at a skate contest in Pensacola, Florida, that Screech and Weasel played and they actually judged the skate contest that I went, Okay, it can be mm. fun too. All right, it doesn't have to be angry and horrible all the time. Uh, it was like, all right, because they were fun, you know. What I mean, it was great. Um, so, anyway, point being is that um, that was the first show I ever saw. Um, and where were we going? Uh, we're talking about the scene in mm-hmm. Delaware. Or oh yeah, 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 right, cool. Yeah. Okay, so uh, probably around ninety four, ninety seven, somewhere in that area. Uh, Boy Sets Fire started in ninety four. I know we did, I'm fairly sure we did our first European tour in 97. Somewhere in between there, uh, we started a collective in Delaware called the Enoch Collective. And we created a scene, basically, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was, um, we we had this little collective of people. Uh, we actually even brought Fugazi into Delaware. That's good. Which was great. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? We did a, did a lot of cool shows, Bouncing Souls, Fugazi, uh, Lungfish, um, I almost said Rorschach, but it's not Rorschach. It's he went to Kiss Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, so and just awesome shows that would have never come through Delaware. Um, my favorite was. Do you remember the band Bleed? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah they played at this. We we would have to move it around to different places. Like there were churches in different places we would rent out. Uh, but they played at this place called Holy Angels, and it was like whew, they were so fucking good. Mm-hmm. And all I can remember of the show is that. At the end of one of their songs, he screamed, Fuck you and your fucking poodle! 
<laughs> I love this band. Like, it's great. Um, anyway, um, so we created this collective and this scene in Delaware. And, like, we would do local shows to, like, 300, 500 people. And people from Philly, from Baltimore. Like, we would come to Philly, come to Baltimore and flyer back when you would flyer for things. Mm. And, um, and we'd attract a huge thing. Now, probably around 97, towards the end of it, um, as usual, it became problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the source of the problem? Outside people yeah. asking about where the money was going, blah, 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 yada, yada. All this trouble is like, so we would post out front of the door what money was made, what was given to the band, what was this. Because we thought, and, and what we would do, we would pay for the... Um, uh, the the place, everything like that. No one got paid other than that. It was just a labor of love type of situation. And um, anyone that couldn't pay would sign up to clean up afterwards, things like that, you know. Mm. Um, whether they stayed or not was a different story, yeah. as you probably know. But, um, know. yeah, mm. assholes. So, um, but you had this other group of people that would come and purposefully mess things up because they didn't like to see things succeed. Mm-hmm. Um and at the time, I didn't realize that's what it was. But now I realize that these people, as I was saying, with these very small egos that need reassurance constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it doesn't matter whether they're helping something to succeed or to fail, as long as they're making it happen. You right. know, yeah, yeah. So they, they usually turn to the, the destructive mm-hmm. because it's easier. It's easier to tear something down than to do something. So um, it caused a lot of infighting in our scene and all this shit and this other collective that sprang from us and we're going to do things the right way and like Mm -hmm. uh and then boy says fire just started touring more and it was like well i don't have time for this shit i don't have time for three hour collective meetings in the basement like fuck you guys like this is stupid this has gone from being something amazingly creative and purposeful to just being dog shit. It becomes like a communist like self-criticism session yeah. where you have mm-hmm. to stand up in front of everybody and people hurl accusations at you and yeah. you hurl them at yourself. Who would want yeah. to go through that Who process? Who wants to go through yeah. that? It's awful. Yeah. And, and what's the point? There's no point to that. You break down the ego so you become a new and better person. Ugh. And that that's horrible in or and of itself. a smaller and smaller worm. Right, right, exactly. Anything that breaks down the ego is yeah. very suspect to me. Oh, you know, I, I do not care for that. Um... But and and that was actually it was funny. I was probably part of the Communist Party for about a week. Mm. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna get something done once again." Going, ah, I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna cause revolution. And then I had a meeting at my house and went, "Oh, you, you no, no. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna need to kick you out now and uh, burn my card because <laughs> this is this is stupid." Um, so, so anyway, and, and we fall into those things, whether it's punk, politics, religion, whatever, a lot of times you fall into that because it's almost human nature, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to want to be part of something bigger and to create all these rules and classifications around it that the individual must uh, give of themselves to the collective mm-hmm. will, you know, and when you start doing that, it becomes very problematic and dangerous, yeah. so. Uh, all right, so punk. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I probably. Yeah, I mean that's, yeah, yeah, that was basically yeah. it. We created a scene, yeah. and then Boy Sets Fire started, started started touring too much for it to be a possibility, and I really didn't want to do. It was an excuse to not deal with the bullshit anyway. Like I, I don't care. Okay. I just don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah, so I guess as we move into our our end game, uh, mm-hmm. we'll move into the the present, uh, mm-hmm. and. 
recently you've put yourself forward with a lot of strong feelings uh, mm-hmm. regarding ISIS actions, mm-hmm. uh, terrorist actions around the mm-hmm. world that have caused you know some controversy and some yes. verbal wars with you and other people. So mm-hmm. I thought maybe you could just kind of, I know this is difficult to do, but sort of summarize the position sure. or in effect what you were trying to put forward mm-hmm. because you do have a platform that's unique and that people will pay attention to you. Right. You, know, you were mm-hmm. part of projects that people really enjoyed, so therefore you've got a lot mm-hmm. of people who will look and see what you say. Absolutely. And also you express yourself in an articulate manner, mm-hmm. so people are going to give it a little more credit than right, if you just sure. wrote a bunch of... Not, so mm-hmm. what, what in effect were you saying to people? Uh, what had happened, and, um, and this is something that... Uh, I'll get to that in a minute. That's, I can step back on it. Um, what had happened was w- when the attacks in Paris happened, um, I was frustrated. I was very angry and frustrated. And I have been for a long time with these issues. Um, just the, the just destruction of human life. And I, I don't give a shit if it's in Paris, if it's in Nigeria, if it's in, because it's at fucking everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care where it is. I hate it. And, and I, I hate, um, that a certain religion has, has gotten, I guess, from its books, and you know, it's the, whether it's the Bible, the Quran, whatever, um, these terrorists have been able to take from those scripture something to allow them to do this. You mean specifically Islam taking from the Quran? Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you have these people who look towards the Quran and they take the words of the Quran, and and not just with terrorist behavior as in what we call terrorism, but look at Saudi Arabia. Look at any country that's run as an Islamic state. Mm-hmm. Um, it's disastrous. Um, and, and, and I had become frustrated with that. Um, I'd also become frustrated that a lot of those who I usually agreed with on the left had become cowards to me. Mm-hmm. Um, they had stopped caring about people to fake care about people. And that's disgusting to me that not that long ago we were screaming out about female genital mutilation and human rights around the world. And all of a sudden they didn't fucking matter anymore. Mm -hmm. They didn't fucking matter anymore because we needed to be careful who we talked about and fuck that. I, like I said about punk and things like that, I've never been part of that. And well, I, do you I think their fear to that. was their their fear? You think was uh, out of being perceived as being racist, or their fear was that, that that if they were a public figure, that they would find themselves beheaded on the internet. Both, mm-hmm. both. I think uh, either way, it's cowardice, and um, I think it falls into both categories. Um, you have people who were f- afraid of being seen as being racist. Uh, you also have people who looked around and said. When people say this stuff, they get killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the nail that sticks up gets hammered down. Exactly, <laughs> as Born Against would say. Yes, exactly. uh, yeah, <laughs> and and as I as I saw, um, fuck them, you know, fuck them, fuck anyone that would try to scare me in any kind of way into not saying something. Um, and the first post that got a lot of people's attention, it was right after the the uh, the attacks in Paris. 
and I is said, "Is that Charlie Hebdo or the, or the recent?" No, oh yeah, right, right, right. I should specify. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. because when that happened, I didn't get a lot of flack. Mm-hmm. There were a couple people that were just getting into that new leftist Muslims are our pet project thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll get into that in a minute, but um, uh, but it was sort of the fringe to an extent. A lot of people were angry. Uh, angry. God damn it. Angry. Uh, All the squares uh, and rectangles. Charlie had to, right, right. <laughs> Very angry. <Yeah. laughs> Certain degree angles. and um, But um, although I did say something then, um, this time it was, and I, to almost quote it perfectly, I believe I just said, fuck Allah, fuck Muhammad. And I pretty much left it at that. Mm-hmm. Fuck your religion type mm-hmm. shit like that. And I got square attacked from all sides uh, as being an Islamophobe, whichever, whatever that means. I don't, I'm not even sure. I assume that an Islamophobe is the opposite of an Islamophile, but I don't know. I have no idea. Um, uh, and as I see it, you have to say those things because they're not allowed. And that's really the only reason. Um, I could have said, fuck God. I could have wore a shirt that said, fuck Jesus. Nobody would have given a shit. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, I could walk down that fucking street with a shirt that says, fuck Jesus on it. Worst I'm going to get is go, hey, dude, that's harsh. Yeah, yeah. That's the worst that's no going to happen. No one's going to behead you on the internet, no, probably. No. Or in real life. At least not in Rockford. Yeah, right, right, right. But you could go into a very Christian, Christian conservative, go to Germany, Munich, very conservative Christian area, very Catholic areas. Um, walk down the shirt, st- street with a shirt that says "fuck Jesus." The most you're going to get is dirty looks. Mm-hmm. Honestly, anywhere you go, the most you're going to get is maybe punched in the face. That's it. Um, if I go to an Islamic country with a shirt that says "fuck Muhammad," you'll never hear from me again. Yeah, please leave me in your will. Yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. Your point, right. <laughs> Which I will never do to prove my point because it should be an obvious point. Mm-hmm. But people are afraid to see the obvious on this. And they also, well, I'll get into that. They also shoot it off into other issues. But um, but I said it because it's not to be said. And a lot of people are allowing it not to be said. They're giving credence to the fact that you're not allowed to say it. Mm-hmm. And if you do, you're a racist, or you're an infidel that deserves to die. Mm. And what's dangerous about this thought pattern is exactly what was dangerous when the when the guys from Charlie Hebdo got shot. There were a couple of people that were like, they deserved it because they're racist. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm afraid of now with the Paris thing. During, during that attack, it was only a couple of little fringe people saying it. Now it's a lot more. And, and these that's are, very dangerous. And these are people who would have, and probably do, denounce right-wing Christianity, mm-hmm. rightfully so. All of it. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you can take a cross and put a line through it. You know, yeah. any, any kind mm-hmm. of a symbol to subvert that, to show that mm-hmm. you have disdain for it. Yeah. Uh, but yet you're finding a similar mm-hmm. set of ideas, uh, goals, qu- quite similar to right-wing Christianity in terms of how women are viewed, homosexuals are viewed, et cetera, Mm -hmm. uh, freedom of speech. And even to a more drastic, um, and I guess I I can put it this way, and not that I'm obviously a big defender of Christianity, but if you 
see the United States as being a quote-unquote Christian nation, which there are still some things that, I mean, it's not like a president can get elected without saying they're a Christian. Mm -hmm. You just can't. You know, and yet the number of people who actually identify as active Christians right, diminishes right. every year. Not not quite the right. level of Europe, but but it's, it's comfortable to feel like, well, we're run by a good, godly, you know, whatever, whatever you see. Judeo Christian, right, right, and morality. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and a lot of those things are falling to the wayside with like gay marriage and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you don't, as an individual. There are certain areas where, yes, there are some rednecks out there that'll kill you or fuck you up for being gay, for being a woman, for being this, that, or the other thing. Um, It's not a countrywide situation. It's not legal. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not legal for people to do that. Um, In Islamic countries, it is incredibly legal to do these things. Um, So I try to understand, is it just more simple to call out a religion that won't kill you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's what it sort of seems like sometimes. It's like, oh, well, all day, you know, you wear your bad religion shirt or your, you know, uh, cradle of filth shirt with Jesus as a cunt on the back. Yeah. And you're big fucking, you're a badass. But then when I say, fuck these specific gods, mm-hmm. which I don't believe in, but I believe in the symbolism of them mm-hmm. and what they've caused, um all of a sudden, I'm a horrible person. I don't understand that. That doesn't compute to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I have not in any way ever said, fuck Arabs, fuck Muslims, mm-hmm. fuck Islam, fuck the religion, yeah, this is fuck a, their book. A belief system versus a, a Absolutely. Race. Yeah. And, and it's very different. And people don't, don't connect that on either side. It's a very different situation. If I meet a person, I'm not going to treat them like shit. Because of what they believe, I'll have some questions, I'll tell you that much. But but I'm definitely not going to be like, hey, fuck you and punch him in the face, you know? That's weird. Um, and not only that, but if you harm someone based on their beliefs, then you're a terrorist at that point, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but there's definitely a need to out loud say, fuck these things. And to not only that, but also to say, hey, if you guys no longer follow this, or you just follow certain passages, throw the shit out. Throw the shit out you don't believe in anymore. And they won't. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason for that. You know, even in Christianity, there's a reason for that because they feel it's the word of God and it needs to stay there for whatever reason. And that is weird to me. And I'll put it in this perspective is that if I started, uh, if I wrote a book, the first half of it, was me killing and raping Muslims and Christians. Mm -hmm. And then in the second half, I stopped doing that and I started being really loving and kind towards people. But I never apologized for this. Mm -hmm. I just stopped doing it. Then I die. Some people create a religion out of my book. I'm going to guess that a couple of Muslims and Christians are going to go, hey guys, can you get rid of that? Mm -hmm. That's sort of fucked up. Yeah. so personally I like your early work but right, I'm right, right. going to stick with that <laughs> so you know I, I just think it makes sense but you know I, I got all this and then and then the worst part was that um, a lot of people will all it takes is a is a an idiot on TV trying to sell a book and if it jives with their personal narrative 
they will come at you with it all goddamn day long. I hate Reza Aslan. Mm -hmm. I hate that man with such a passion. You and Sam Harris could have a good time. Yeah, (laughs) it's just disgusting. Number one, if you watch that video, and I I know I can just say that video and you'll know what I'm talking about. I actually can't. I don't know. I (laughs) really don't know. So basically what I, yeah, sorry for this. I definitely, okay. Um, Bill Maher made some statements on his shows, on his show about Islam and things like that. Uh, Reza Aslan, who's a writer, um, and Muslim, uh, went on TV to discredit what Bill Maher had said. Mm-hmm. Um, and he basically said that what Bill Maher said was bullshit and that female genital mutilation is an African problem. It's not a problem with Islam. All this completely unfactual shit, uh, which, by the way, the the idea of female genital mutilation being an African thing, quote unquote, is something that was brought about by UNICEF in Africa and everybody just bought it. So fuck whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter what the Quran says and how it supports it and how every Islamic state is like, yeah, you should do that. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's an African problem. But anyway, point B. <laughs> um, um, fuck the facts. Um, so if you watch this video of this guy, I have never seen body language more obvious in my life, number one. His eyes, everything. He knows he's fucking lying. Mm -hmm. He knows he's lying. But he's trying to sell a book. He needs to sell that book. So you can watch this video a couple of times and just go, dude, come on. And even the newscasters are like, come on, you have to admit that. It's like, no. It's like, no, there there are a lot of facts and stuff. And, And what happens is that people then take that... Because he's a writer it's, and he and has degrees expert. and an expert, expert quote unquote. Because yeah, yeah, right. you don't need anything to be an expert. You just yeah. you you can put be yourself one. forward as an yeah, expert. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, there's a Muslim. Hey, you can speak for everybody. And that's and yeah. that's where this side gets real fucking racist all of a sudden. Because mm-hmm. well, he's a Muslim, so he must know him. Yeah. But um, I could take so many different rabbit trails off of this. But um, anyway, um, so. It was probably on a daily basis someone would throw that video at me mm-hmm. and 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 or take credit for what he said by going, hey, just so you know, I'm making clicking noises as they're on a computer being an asshole. Yeah. Just so you know, female genital is just an African thing. It's not an yeah. Oh, dear idiot. Yes, I saw the video too. You're not saying anything cool right now. Here's why. It sounds tremendously time consuming. It is. It is. But it's to me, being someone who has put myself out there, it it makes sense um, to come against it because of the fact that I feel it's very dangerous. Mm. Um, and, you know, not everybody has to take on that crusade or whatever as a terrible choice of words. But, <laughs> and, and but somehow appropriate. And somehow appropriate. Yeah. But, um, but I feel the need to. And it's, it's, it's selfishly motivated in a lot of ways just because of my own upbringing and watching religion destroy people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's also in that I have to go on tour. Mm-hmm. That happened at Eagle's death metal show. You know, yeah, yeah. like their merch guy got shot and bled out uh, because he was trying to protect people that were hiding behind him, mm-hmm. you know. And what I find pretty disgusting, not a lot of people looking at that. It's more, um, well, Muslims are oppressed and this, that and the other thing. And yeah, sure, I'll give you that in some er- in areas. And but. 
did, did you see this other shit? Where these people just came in and just destroyed human life. Mm-hmm. Killed people. As the wounded were helping their friends escape, you know, they were cornered in a backstage room and shot dead. Like, that doesn't affect you at all. It affects me on a really deep level to the point where I get teared up. You know what I mean? It, it emotionally affects me. Um, and and the thought that, I mean, you have, whether it's a quote-unquote Christian-run country like Somalia or it's a more Islamic country like Saudi Arabia, um, all these countries have rules on the book and they're not secretive about it. Saudi Arabia just are putting people to death left and right for apostasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, holy shit. Saudi like, Arabia are ostensible allies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, a poet is arrested for apostasy for saying, I don't really dig being a Muslim anymore. I don't want to do it anymore. Arrested. You can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, women are not allowed to drive. They're not allowed to get... Like, I, at what point doesn't that affect you? That that women are like you were just like ten minutes ago talking about women's rights in the U.S. Mm-hmm. What what about there? What happened? Yeah, when abortion like, clinic is bombed in the U.S. by crazy Christian right wing person, yeah, and rightfully people say this is an mm-hmm. abomination and an attack on the rights Absolutely. of women. There are women who live in other countries who are attacked by other forces, yeah. guided by very similar principles and ideals. Constantly, and it's and it's legal. Mm-hmm. Bombing abortion clinic is not fucking legal. Like, yeah. It is legal to terrorize women in Islamic countries. It just and I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. It's fucking legal. Like, it just is. We, you can see it. It's right there in front of your fucking face. And you'd rather just go, oh, no, no, no. No, that doesn't happen. Like, a couple years ago, it happened. Why doesn't it happen now? Like, women... Women have their clitorises cut off. Cut off. Mm-hmm. That doesn't anger you? That doesn't make you upset that doesn't like i how can you not think that there's a problem here um that or like or like little little girls that are raped that like sorry (laughs) that are that try to um find justice Mm -hmm. and are arrested for adultery because they were raped. 12-year-old fucking girls that are forced into marriages and then raped, not just by their husband, mind you, but by a bunch of other people. And when she reports it, she's in fucking trouble. We got to get some fucking priorities straight at this point. Um, and I don't understand how anyone cannot see it as an Islamic problem. I do not see it as personal Muslims that need to be attacked. Um, but I do see Islam needs to be attacked, <laughs> not in, not necessarily in um, a violent manner, but with words and thought. And people need to be allowed to say, fuck this. This cannot stand. Um, <clears throat> and I don't care how cool you want to be about it and how you see it as being a, 
I, I think that a lot of people they're they're into this refugees issue at the moment, and so they see that as anyone who sees something against Islam is getting in on this and wants to kill refugees. It's confusing to me. I don't understand it. Like, and to rabbit trail off onto that, it's it's another. I find that to be probably the most confusing and um, and hard to wrap my head around uh, situation that we're dealing with right now, uh, whether it's in the U.S. or around the country, because a lot of people are either taking in refugees or not. Um, how do we deal with it? And I don't see that there's much middle ground. I see that there's one side or another, and that's going to be very dangerous. You're going to have people that just want to kick them out, fuck them. And there's going to be people that want to treat them like they're pets. And then there's a middle ground that's going, I don't know. I really don't fucking know. I mean, there's a point to helping people. And there's a point where you've helped people for so fucking long. The Middle East hasn't changed since I've been alive. It has not once changed. <laughs> we go in there. We take out the bad guys. They reelect new bad guys. And it just keeps fucking happening. And at some point, is there a point, and I'm not saying this is the answer, I'm saying it's a question. Is there a point to saying, okay, guys, if this is truly the minority lording over the majority, do something. Let them get their backs pressed against the wall. That's how revolution happens. Revolution does not happen by the white man coming in and saving. It never has. It always happens when the majority goes, no. Fuck this. We're not doing it anymore. So what point? You know, at what point do you go, I'm sorry, love to help, and we can help in certain ways, but but we need you guys to take care of this problem. But the tendrils, of course, are always moving into this country mm -hmm. and other Western countries and causing problems there. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not a self-contained mm -hmm. situation. No, not at all. And the, mm -hmm. the refugees, mm -hmm. you know, women mm -hmm. and children, in part, Right. Uh, but women and children, mm -hmm. you know, fleeing from mm -hmm. the same horrible things that Which in detail. Which in yeah. that especially, obviously, I would never, ever say, say, fuck them, send them back. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That's important. Um, and, and that's the point. Like, how, how do we figure that out? Like, okay, how do we take in the women and children? How do we inspire the men and women to fight back? You know, you have Kurdish women who are. You know, that mowing down ISIS members and good for them, you know, but how do we make it work, you know, and how do we all make it work together to get rid of this scourge? And, and I don't know, I don't know what the answer is, but at some point we have to start questioning faith, not necessarily religion, but faith. And the idea that there's this all-powerful, all-seeing deity that we need to do bad things for, you know? Maybe he should fucking do it on his own, mm -hmm. you know? Um, if he wants people dead and murdered and raped and tortured, let him do it, you know? Let's see what a big fucking man he is now, you know? Um, but we need to stay out of that game. If you want to believe in a certain religion, if you want to do that for yourself, that's great. But your fist stops at anyone else's nose mm -hmm. at that point. Right. If you're going to do something, and I do not believe in cultural relativity. I do not believe that raping a 12-year-old is not okay here, but it's okay there. Fuck you. There has to be a line. There has to be a, 
a set moral ground mm -hmm. for certain things. For other things, art, things that don't hurt people, fuck it, don't care. But for things that literally hurt other human beings, you got to draw a line somewhere. Um, and that's, I think, where a lot of people are going wrong. They think that r relativism is the way to go. And that, that, well, you know, that's just there. And honestly, every time I hear somebody go, well, that's just how they do it there. I hear, well, you can't fault them for being stupid. Mm -hmm. You can't fault them for being Neanderthal pieces of shit. Right. So it is, a, it, is a, it is a condescension. It is. Uh, it yeah. totally is. And then you have these people, they, they get their good guy badged by going and helping people. And, and that's really all it is to them. They're there to prove that they aren't bad people. Yeah, and then we but go back. To they the whole... would have their head chopped off on the internet if the people that Absolutely. they are defending uh -huh. had the opportunity. That all of their beautiful yeah. liberal ideals, mm -hmm. which we share, yeah. at least mm -hmm. some of them, to an extent, Absolutely. Yeah, to an extent, mm -hmm. would be crushed into the earth. Absolutely, uh, and that would mm -hmm. be the end of them. Yeah, uh, you know, there, Noam Chomsky would be beheaded on the internet without and, a doubt. Yeah, yeah, and there's the end of them. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. right, so I, what? Go ahead. Oh, sorry. sorry. And that's and that's um, you know I, I I feel that that's an important thing for people to finally realize at some point is that I'm not the enemy. Mm -hmm. I am to an extent. Well, you know, obviously in my own mind, the voice of reason. Right. Um, and I've never at any point thought that whatever I said wasn't to be questioned, which is important. Other people believe that their voice and their narrative isn't to be questioned. Mm -hmm. It is what it is, and if you do not believe it, you're a racist, you're a piece of shit, you're this, you're that, you're the other thing. Um, and I don't believe that way. And I don't think we should ever believe that way because it's too too much, it's too scarily alike what they believe. Mm -hmm. you know. And I don't ever want to get caught up in that. Yeah. Uh, so one last question. Mm -hmm. You have a daughter, right? I have a son. A uh, son, sorry. I have two sorry. sons, actually. Two sons. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, sorry about mm -hmm. that. Uh, no problem. Uh, so you've elected to bring life into a world mm -hmm. that you may have a maybe a somewhat dim view of. Mm -hmm. uh, right. Was, was there a thought involved in making that decision? Mm -hmm. And what world do you think your sons face mm -hmm. going forward? It's a good question because I have actually heard a lot from... I guess the um, the voices of those that I actually somewhat agree with at times that that believe I'm not bringing anything into this world like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I see the point. I definitely see the point. And even people who are a little bit more active with it and like, why do you have kids? You're a dick. Yeah, well, I know. <laughs> but but I, I could see that. I can honestly see the point. Um, my older son, who's 21, I don't think I even thought about it. I mean, it was just, I was young. I was mm. in my early 20s, Bad. had sex with a woman and, oh, made something! Damn! You know? Mm -hmm. and, and at that point, you know. Um, and more recently, um, I guess it was more a concerted effort, you know? Uh, my wife and I wanted to have a kid. Um, and again, a lot of questions, a lot of issues, a lot of Things that have to come up when you do that. And um, I wish more people were thoughtful about that mm -hmm. instead of just, oh, I can do this. I can make a thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for a lot of reasons, having a kid is completely selfish. Mm -hmm. It's what it is. And that's admittedly. Um, 
there's a companionship to it. There's a um, taking care of someone thing to it. And anyone that denies that is denying the truth. <laughs> um, and there's all of those things that you think of on one side. You think of what a terrible world I'm bringing this person into. That's only going to end in death. That's only going to end in suffering. They're going to probably have to watch me die. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, and then on the other hand, you can't help that sort of heroic, like, um, although probably bullshit, like, thing of, well, they could probably help, you know? And you know you're only thinking that for selfish reasons, you know, because you want this stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you're thinking, well, maybe I, this is an exception, you know? Mm -hmm. And and I don't know what the answer is. Um I won't say that it's a commendable act or a heroic act to have a child. Uh, more than likely, it's probably the opposite. You know? Yeah, I mean, your son presumably has to move through a world of dipshits, yeah. creeps, mm -hmm. you know, people who would attempt to violently assault him for yeah. his beliefs, etc. It's mm -hmm. a yeah. tough road to yeah. My, uh, create life and set it forth. And to, and to um, make that even more so, and it's not that this is a secret, it's been all over the place, I've confronted a lot of this. Uh, my 21-year-old son has struggled with heroin addiction for a very long time. Um, at the moment, he's doing very well. He's back in school. He's doing all that, you know. But I have had a lot of confrontations with drug dealers, different things like um, basically um, trying to help him. Uh, so, you know, when you get into that, you're like, oh, fuck, what the fuck did I do? You know, mm -hmm. uh, he's, you know, he has all these issues and now he needs medication in order to stay off of this, in order to go to school, get his head together to just be a person, you know? And um, so, yeah, I mean, um, again, I got no real answer for that. It's, and that's honesty, you know, it's, um, it's, it's a double, double-sided sword. You get a lot of pleasure out of it. And I mean, my son Simon, who's the older one, 21, is is one of my best friends. You know, I love him. Um, and my two-year-old, Alex, um, I would say the same thing, except, you know, two-year-olds, they sort of hate you sometimes. <laughs> or, or they're real into mommy, and you try and give them a hug, and they're like, no, daddy. Like, you push your face They'll away. come back to your camp. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 they go back and forth, you know. But, um, but uh, yeah, good question. Because I really don't have an answer for it. Um, I don't know if what I've done and what I've created is the best idea in the world. But but it did it. No turning back now. Yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. It's the most honest answer I can give is Fair I enough. do not fucking know. Yeah. <laughs> I see points. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> Well, very good. Uh, I uh, appreciate talking to you about all this stuff. I'm glad you came out yeah, to do it. Appreciate it. Thank man. you. Thank you. Take care. <laughs>